growing up, we went to Mississippi, went to Biloxi a good bit because my my um, family, uh, my grandparents lived there. We used to go to Jackson every year for Thanksgiving. <laughs> I used to date yeah, a girl and, from Mississippi. Like, what? I used to date a girl from Mississippi. Yeah, that was weird. That wasn't good. No, and, and a Methodist preacher's daughter at that. Yeah, she was white. Yeah. My, my, like, my, grand, my grandmother's Japanese, and, you know, that's obviously a strange place for somebody who's Japanese to live, but, like, I guess I wasn't really exposed to much of Mississippi, but, like, it was, it's really just a shithole still. <laughs> it's, it's kind of, I mean, after Katrina especially, it's gone under some really hard times, and Mississippi is one of those places where it has the potential to make all the money in the world, like, geographically. Yeah, sure, I'll have some more. Brandon's pouring us some more whiskey. Oh. Um geographically it's great it's got the coast there um there's lots of swampland but i mean think about the revenue they could get from growing weed in mississippi like holy shit Mm -hmm. but they are a population of people at least a lot of them because there there are pockets of extreme intellectualism in mississippi but (laughs) the main population of mississippi cares more about their religion and their republican beliefs than they do about progress and that is terrifying and i'm glad that they only count for like three electoral college votes (laughs) because that shit is crazy the and also and i want to write about this one day but the amount of money that has been taken away from the population by like oil barons basically oil companies came through louisiana and mississippi oklahoma and like a lot of these states and they have these mineral rights um, where basically they can just take your fucking land and get all the oil underneath it. And they keep a stranglehold on these states because they know that's like the only place where you can get domestic oil. So, you know, the money that comes in, is just pocketed by people in Congress or people in government. Nobody on the ground sees any of that money. So it stays really poor. Is that what the deal is in Mississippi? It's oil rich? It's not oil rich. I think it was oil rich. I think Mississippi and Louisiana and Oklahoma and, of course, Texas, like, they all had oil, but the companies all screwed those states out of them. So, yeah, it's, I mean, it's fucking crazy. That's that's the whole thing, though. That's (laughs) uh, politicians uh, and the lobbyists that uh, support them. Pretty much all they've done is pander to a lot of those states, those uh, Bible Belt states, etc., their religious uh, beliefs and their comfort, like what the lifestyle that they're comfortable with, they've been pandering to that so much that like that's all that really matters. That's all that's valued down there. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, it's got to be so easy for a politician, for a Republican politician to go down and be like, well, I'm here. So, Mayor, I like Jesus. I like yeah. guns. I like oil. And they're like, so you're they're like, we like for you, us, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool, cool. All right, all right. I'll be at your church on Sunday. And then eventually, when the bad stuff does come up, like, why is the economy so shitty? It's very easy to scapegoat immigrants, scapegoat uh, populations that are disenfranchised. Just very, very easy, easy to do that, and that's yeah. what they do, and that's where it comes from. Unfortunately, like Im- immigrants have not always gotten the. Sh- I mean, they they always have to some extent gotten the short end of the stick, but there was a time oh, always, and they all. I mean, who knows if there will ever be a point where they don't? Well, there was well, a there was well, a mean, there, there was, was a time Irish immigrants and yeah, Italian, there, there was, I mean, 
I mean, Irish and Italian immigrants got they got a completely stick for yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying, like, after a certain amount of time, like they they were they blended not yeah yeah. But there's but there's very little room for blending in a colored population. That's the thing, and, and a lot of people and who this gets me mad. A lot of people love to bring up Irish slavery as like as like a device against talking about race in America. They're like, well, the Irish were slaves and. I mean, there there definitely was indentured servitude uh, having to do with the Irish as a way of, and I think there's still some of that going on, not with the Irish, but with other cultures, where you, to come over here, you pay off your debt basically with indentured servitude for like a few years. And they like to use that as an excuse, but it just does not compare because after a generation, nobody knows what you are, you know, another white person. And even, uh, even, um, Something to bring up also, at the same time that Ellis Island and European immigrants were coming in through there, uh, compare that to what was going on in California and the Asian immigrants coming in. Yeah, It was completely two different systems. There were families being separated in California, children being held for like months to years. And people, people in general, just being held for months to years in in horrible conditions and without food or water directly given to them at all. They they were just being held. It was more or less kind of a concentration camp. Um, well, they yeah, were well, internment camps. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean that was World War Two with the Japanese. But we can, we can't also forget about the um, the Chinese American expulsion. Yeah, there was there was an actual because there was a, an immigrant population before. And they were expelled from the United States. There's been a, a constant history of bigotry when it surrounds people who look different from the major population in this country. So Brandon's taking care of a cat. It just came out. So if you just heard a meow in the background, that, what's his name? Teddy. It's Teddy. <laughs> but yeah, so and, and I mean, I, I have a couple of friends who are Filipino and they live in Virginia or their families live in Virginia and they all, all of their family members who are straight off the boat are also hyper-conservative and racist. Like, mm-hmm. they, they, they vote Trump. They love the Republican Party. They don't like black people. It's, it's a weird thing where I think a lot of immigrants, when they come to America, they feel like they have to pick a side. And they want to pick the side of the winner. Mm-hmm. And the winner, I mean, it's white people so far. And it's it's a weird thing where you end up voting against your own self-interest. I also think that's a generational thing, though. Because, like, it, the millennial generation of uh, immigrants, uh, second-generation immigrants, basically, are completely the opposite, it seems. Like, yeah. The majority of them, anyway. They're just, they're incredibly progressive. Uh, they, yeah. socially and even um, even economically, just politically, uh, it, it's, it's the complete other way around. I think... Um, I think that type of I don't know how that happened. I mean, I'm, I know how that well, happened. Well, I think I'm, it's I'm modern. modern. I mean, it, but, it's the internet. You know, yeah, I mean, I think exactly. like they're all yeah, like they're all exposed to the, the the internet, and they know they can see you know that exactly what I was saying. Like like trying to get favor with a representative who is going to kick everybody out does not exempt you from being kicked out. And I think yeah. that like really the internet is just like kind of in a weird way educates people on that enough to understand that like if i vote for trump he's not gonna not kick me out (laughs) like he very well could and will kick me out you know so it's like i assume that's where it comes from but i definitely could be wrong also there was i feel like there was a point where after 
Bill Clinton, I would say right around like the George W. Bush era, that was when a lot of the world turned its back, like the outside world turned its back on the Republican Party because our foreign policy was such a shit show during that point. Um, so I think that that has also influenced heavily like the new immigrants that are coming in. Like, okay, we don't fuck with these guys because they don't, they don't even want us here. It's interesting because I'm kind of in an odd, like people my age who are immigrants are like very much able they to... Well, no, 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 no. It's just we're able to we we most of us have the same progressive values, but we also have kind of a better understanding of where the previous first generation like actual like immigrants, um, Mm -hmm. like where they may be coming from, Uh, not necessarily to excuse that type of behavior, that that type of like really weird, like self-loathing conservative behavior. Yeah, but we can kind of see where it's coming from Uh, and because of that understanding it's it's much easier for us to maintain our progressive values in a um in a more sensible way in a more concrete and founded way so it just it doesn't just teeter uh, at the expense or at the hint of any uh any type of like extremist rhetoric or anything uh which i've seen happen how does uh, it know. make it though when you're um especially since you know where they're coming from does that help you better explain yourselves or set up arguments when you're actually confronting your parents or your uncles or, or your relatives about that type of thing? Well, yeah, I have confronted a lot of them about it. Um, my mother uh, used to hold really weird views about a few things, but when I explained uh, when I explained it to her, like in a very, like, hey, we're part of these people that are being oppressed as well. So when you are holding views that may be that you may think is not affecting you that it really is because every disenfranchised person in this country we're linked whether you be a person of color whether you're a woman whether you're part of the lgbtq community uh what any like we're all linked because that oppression is all linked so if you if you uh if you help maintain one semblance of or one aspect of that oppression you're you're helping maintain all of it and so, like, I spoke to my Uncle yeah. Sam, too, you know, the, the gun-toting redneck in my family. So I, I spoke Loves to... thick Latin. <laughs> well, I spoke to him about this. Like, I, I very much obviously spoke to him about his own status, about, like, what would happen if people like Trump, uh, when they get into power, when they are in power, how it affects him personally. But not just him, his daughters and, you know, my cousins. And my cousins stepped up and said, you know, we are seeing a lot more racism. We're experiencing it in school way more than we have before. And I, even I told him, like, I, I, when I was going to high school, I didn't experience anything that my younger cousins are experiencing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, is totally opposite. Yeah. But, and, well, I, don't know, I, I mean, saying, unless it was from, like, me and JD, which, sorry about that, John. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, well, I mean, to explain, actually, this illustrates the point really well. When John moved into the neighborhood... Um, in Garner, North Carolina, there, there were two races. There were three. There were three races in Garner, North Carolina. You were black, you were white, or you were Mexican. Mm-hmm. So John moved up the street, and one day I was, I don't know what I was doing. I was in the living room, and I looked out the window, and I saw he and JD talking. I was like, who's that kid? Never seen him before. 
And then I came out and I was like, and I was like, oh shit, that's banger. That's a dope song. If everybody would just introduce themselves as their like musical music, that'd be so much. That's actually the most. That's like the most like white person like ultra liberal kind of like masked racist thing <laughs> i could totally see somebody saying that like what if we just had whenever you get off the boat you just have to dance and sing like your culture and then everybody will know right. it's well, okay when you put it that way it's way worse <laughs> i was just saying like you know it'd be pleasant if everybody right? would just introduce themselves and then <laughs> when my family gets off the boat, we have to sing Tchalalo, Tchalalo, Tchalalo. <laughs> but um, but I when I the next time I hung out with JD, I think we we're like shooting basketball or something. And JD's like he's basically one of the best friends of John and I. He's he's my best friend. We grew up together, and we were shooting basketball. And he and I was just like, hey, who's that Mexican kid? <laughs> and JD was like, huh? And I was like, that Mexican kid that lives up the street. And he was like, who? <laughs> and I was just a Mexican guy who lives here. He's a new kid. And he was like, oh, John, he's not Mexican. And I was like, what? Wait, what is he? And it was like this mind-blowing revelation. I'm a human, revelation. Ben. I'm a human. <laughs> <laughs> right? But, like, but think about that. Like, I'm a black kid living in like rural North Carolina, basically, because it wasn't even suburban yet. Um, we, we hadn't even gotten our first Best Buy. And... Um, and like somebody new moves in, and I automatically think you fit into one of three categories. Right. So for somebody who thinks about race in a way that is even less enlightened than that, you're going to fit in one of two categories, which is like me or them. Mm-hmm. You know, and especially if you come from somewhere else. And so, yeah, I, I think it's a it's a very interesting phenomenon, but. Um, a lot of people have got to talk to their families about it because there is still there's still insular racism and kind of self-deprecating policy that that when people vote for it they don't realize they're voting against themselves and that's yeah i was gonna ask john like what so you you obviously talk to your family about this kind of stuff but you also have a podcast that is specific to this and you you know like you have a certain upbringing or whatever, but how how uh, common do you think that is for people in a similar situation to you to t- that talk to their family about this kind of stuff? Because for me, like I'm, my my family is progressive enough that I don't really necessarily need to go that route, except for there's a handful of them that aren't. But <laughs> um, uh, but but like given he that, still like, doesn't I talk honestly, to those motherfuckers. Uh, yeah, He's not saying I, that. Yeah. I, well. <laughs> That's another podcast that I have um, <laughs> on the side. One that's just for me at night that I just do. <laughs> um, but yeah, like how how common do you think that is for people to actually bring that kind of stuff up with their family? Well, I will say this: it is. Have you guys ever seen now, the big remember, sick? John, you're speaking for all immigrants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I. I assume that you know them. Mall, so. I mean, I do. Yeah. I, I know every single one of them. You know, they're all right. yeah, yeah. Okay, oh, good. Cool. Anyway, okay, yeah. continue. Have you guys seen The Big Sick? <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. Well, Ben, you suck. Um, so you know how? Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is supposed to be like a pop culture podcast. I don't know shit about pop culture, and you guys know this. 
All right, anyway, so you know how hard it was for him to, like, talk to his parents about everything that was going right. on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that is very much instilled in everyone, at least I know, in my generation. So um, you think that it is probably pretty common that they are not able to talk to their family about politics? I think that everyone in my generation, even though for the majority of them, like, as far as, like, immigrants go, Im immigrants in, in my generation and younger have progressive views they're just not really interested in talking their parents if or their families their older generation families into changing them because i feel like right. one they feel like it would be pointless and two it, it there's a there's kind of like a level of it's it's kind of seen as disrespectful to some extent you know you, you don't want to come yeah. in trying to educate your elders you know at times what happens with that is that like they start uh, these younger, the the younger, like my generation, younger, like when when they're questioned about it, like why don't you talk to your parents or why are your parents this way or you know yada yada, um, when they're questioned about that, they start rationalizing their parents' beliefs, uh, uh, okay, like the yeah. same way that like let's say someone who voted for Trump just because they don't like Hillary Clinton, so they voted for Trump, uh, yeah, like will start yeah, so like those they might not like believe in anything that trump says they just voted because they were they they cast an anti-hillary vote um yeah for trump like when you start like questioning them like well what about this policy well why did you do you really believe in this and then they're like they start kind of rationalizing their decisions um but not in like really odd ways and really shitty ways in ways that you wouldn't really think that was characteristic of them uh, yeah, I think I think that's I think that is a little bit prevalent. Um, I will say that I've seen it a, very much more prevalent in Bengali Christians than I have in like let's say uh, brown or brown Christians, and I have seen in brown Muslims or brown Hindus. I think uh, that's simply due to the fact that uh, brown Christians are a little bit more privileged than brown mm -hmm. Hindus and brown uh, brown Muslims. Uh, so because of that privilege, we tend to be. Uh, on occasion, a little more ignorant and at times a little more self self abusive, I guess. Uh, when it comes to this type of stuff, um, it's difficult. Self abusive I'm... in terms of like where you vote, or yeah, exactly. Like, okay. and not not necessarily not 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 with my generation and younger. I would say yeah. more self abusive to our rationale of like you know implementing real change. Like I felt compelled to talk to my family. I felt yeah. compelled. I couldn't help it. And I, that's because you talk too much, John. <laughs> You've always talked too much. Well, that's, that's probably true. But a part of that was also the fact that, you know, I just had my daughters. Like, they're... Yeah. And, yeah. and I felt really compelled. Also, I mean, to John's credit, to the world outside, you're going to actually hear me say something nice about him for once. Hold on, I'm recording uh, this, and it's going to be broadcast. Go ahead. I changed my <laughs> mind. John is a fucking asshole, and I hate him. Um, he... You, what I applaud you for is, and I think this is even harder than talking to your own parents, because you know me. If my parents say something or do something that I think is fucked up, I've been this way since I was like eight. I'll say something real quick. Mm -hmm. um, I've always been kind of a mouthy kid, even though they don't like it. But what I would find more difficult and what you did so well was you spoke to your in-laws about it. And, and being, because your in-laws are white and you're Bengali, like, that's already a divide there um, because they're white and conservative. That's even harder. Like I couldn't, if, if Ali's parents were conservative, I don't know what I would do. Mm. That would just be 
a mess. Yeah. I mean, she's outspoken enough that she would take care of it. I wouldn't have to, but that the thought of that of of being um, with somebody, starting a family, and loving that person, but then in laws come in and it's like you have to deal with a very different mentality. That is almost, I mean, that is detrimental to your family because if you got picked up, I mean, the way that they're picking people up in New York, at least that I know of is they're starting to process people. They, they're detaining and processing people before they even really look at their ID. They're almost picking people up that look and sound different and just like making assumptions. And it's kind of, yeah, it's, and it's, pretty much the mayor that's keeping ice from going completely nuts in this city because we are an immigrant city so to imagine that your family could be so heavily impacted if for some reason you were protesting or something Mm -hmm. and they and they were picking people up in ambulances so let's say that you got pepper sprayed or something they would put you in the back of an ambulance and they would start processing you immediately you wouldn't even have a fucking chance Mm mm-hmm and then there's your family waiting for you to get out of wherever they're holding you for like possibly days. Mm-hmm. And like you have to express this to your in-laws. I mean, I, I was really when you told me about that, I was like, holy shit, John, I'm like huge applause. And I've met your in-laws. They're great people on a personal level. But that is a really detrimental political view to your like family core. Now, you have to also understand that like. When you try to explain this type of stuff, the only way that this will impact them in in the right way or in the way that really makes a difference for the for the better is if their priorities are right. So when I spoke to my parents, let's say, their priorities, I knew their priorities. Obviously, they're my parents. So I, I explained that to them and I knew that their priorities would be family and, and whatnot. And that's what's important to them. And when I explained to them exactly why, uh, you know, being uh, having Islamophobic tendencies or any of that, or, you know, uh, even though you may not like certain things that uh, Hillary Clinton does or whatever, you know, voting one way or not. I mean, thankfully, my parents never considered voting for Trump. Thank God. But yeah, your mom would joke about that shit a lot, though. It made me a little uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah she did that. Just I was like, to mess John, with what's going on? <laughs> she, did, she did that to mess with me. But like my dad was like, I yeah. would, my dad was just like, are you kidding? Your mother would never vote for that asshole. Um, yeah. But and thankfully she didn't. But the the thing about that is that the priorities were right. And even my Uncle Sam, he taught like it took a while. It took a few visits and it took a few conversations that I ha- made him sit down and have with his daughters. Sorry, I was just thinking about if, if you were like, well, think about what both the thick Latin asses were, were <laughs> deported. How would you feel then? And he was like, oh, man, that's not cool. <laughs> but I had it took a few conversations with uh, him sitting down and listening to his daughters and even uh, his wife, you know, because my aunt Orna yeah. feels the same like. He, she feels the same way that I do and that my cousins do. And when he actually heard it, he, he came around and he's very, he's, he's anti-Trump. He's still very Republican, pro-nationalist motherfucker, but like he's, he's not pro-Trump now. Thank, thank yeah. goodness. I mean, that's a step in the right direction. But when it comes to my in-laws, all of them voted for Trump. Every single one of them. But my mother-in-law 
after speaking to her several times and you know she's really open she's a, she's a really like and she's actually a registered democrat she votes democrat all the time uh she's you know she felt compelled to vote for trump because uh you know you know honestly his campaign was appealing to a certain demographic he his campaign I mean, worked if you were white middle class middle to upper or even lower class i mean yeah even lower class if you were white <laughs> Trump appealed to you. I, I mean, mean, they knew how to manipulate. That campaign knew how yeah, to manipulate that demographic. That's what it was about. That, yeah. and I mean, of course, the Russian hacking and all the ads that they flooded the internet with. I yeah, mean, right. for sure, they went for a certain type of person. <laughs> and, I mean, they got them good. Yeah, and so like I, I kind of came in with that approach. We're talking to everybody, but like my mother-in-law, she heard. Like she's she's a very open person. She understands. She wants to hear. She wants to understand. And. You know, it took a, it took a bit, but you know, after in the past year, I mean, there's been a huge shift in her perspective. Uh, she sees it, and you know, it's it's because her priorities are right. She has good priorities. Like her priorities are that, yeah. Um, you know, pe- people people matter, and yeah, and that's the thing. On on the flip side of that, um, there are other there are other uh, people in my in-law family uh, that their priorities aren't people. Their priorities aren't even like directly family. It's just like a good portion of this country. Their priorities are the team. That's why we're so, they're they're so nationalist. That's why they are so party uh, over people. It's because everything is a goddamn football game to them. And that's where their priorities are. Ironically, the reason why my parents wanted to move to the States is because um, Bangladesh is a very new country. It it won its freedom in 1977, um, and it became a country then. It's because why did they? Is it because they were majority Muslim that they broke off and no, became Bangladesh? Nope, not at all. Well, uh, that's why. That's why Pakistan. That's why Pakistan actually uh, broke off from India. Now, Uh-oh. Bangladesh before 1977 was called East Pakistan. Um, so my parents were actually born in East Pakistan. <laughs> I'm, I'm the only Bengali in my family. Um, but, <laughs> wait. But, so wait. 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 Okay. So. Mm-hmm. So the whole both countries were a part of India. Yes. The India and India encompassed India encompass both all three India Pakistan and Bangladesh. That's all that right. they used to be all of India. Then uh, for some reason I thought um, and geez this. This speaks to the American education system. I thought Pakistan was on the east side of India and Bangladesh was on the west side no, of no, India. No, no, no. But I'm, they're I'm both east, on the east same east side of India. They're just yeah. right next to each other on the east. Yeah, east side. No, no, they're not. They're, Pakistan is on the west. Wait, Pakistan is on the west. Oh, oh so that's yeah. on the west. Yeah. Okay. Bangladesh is on the and east. And then Bangladesh so, is... Yeah, on the east. Of, on the east of Pakistan, not on the east of India. Yes, on the east of India. We're on the complete opposite Wait, what? ends. Yeah, we're on the complete opposite ends of India. So wait, 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 wait. Then how come Bangladesh was East Pakistan if Pakistan is on the other side of India? Because Pakistan was on the west of India, on the west side of India. Bangladesh is on the east side of India. Yeah, but are they connected? No, they're not. The only thing that connected them. So why was Bangladesh East Pakistan and not just... I'm trying to explain that. I'm trying to explain that. Well, explain it better, John, because I'm confused. That's because this speaks to the American public education system. So, Hey, you read this alone. We got good book learning, okay? Oh, book learning. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So so the Muslim populations of India were centralized Uh in both the east 
and the West. Okay. Okay. So when Pakistan, so they went, weren't centralized at all. No, they, they were divided. They were they into were, the East and the West. Yes. Now, with that said, when Pakistan won its independence, there were two of them. Uh huh. East Pakistan. Why? Because the populations were there. The population, the Muslim populations, were yeah. in the east. There was one group, very large group in the east, and there was a very large group in the west. Well, no, I get it, but why on earth would they... Because they were geographically not connected. That makes no fucking okay, sense. Okay, I'm going to... Sorry, I'm so going, instead I'm of... No, 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 don't explain it again. I don't need you to explain it again. I get it. What I'm saying is, if Pakistan won its independence, why didn't they say, like, okay... You are the Muslim state of India. Everybody who's a Muslim, just go over here. Because, and this is, and this is what I'm going to bring up now. This is what this is where Bangladesh comes into play. Now, the people in uh-huh. East Pakistan had their own language. It was Bangla. The, pe- the yeah. people on on West Pakistan they spoke they spoke Urdu. Okay, so that's why they kept them divided. It's because the people in East Pakistan. Okay, the languages. Them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, but. What ended up happening is in the uh, a couple of decades later in the 70s, uh, West Pakistan, who thought felt they had a superiority over over both Pakistans, uh, said, "No, our national language is going to be Urdu," and okay. East Pakistan said, "No, that's not going to happen." So there was literally a, f- a so fight. there was okay wait wait going back mm-hmm. so there was even though there were two Pakistans not joined by geography at all Mm -hmm. they were still governed by one governing body yes that's insane i think i know there was definitely um if they weren't necessarily governed by one body uh they were figuring that out like it was it's such a new country it's it, it was like it was just you know in either case west pakistan felt like they had a jurisdiction over east pakistan Okay. So and they said that you guys are not allowed to speak Bangla anymore. You you are you Urdu is our language, and obviously the yo just knowing your dad, he would be so pissed off if somebody was like, "You can't speak Bangla anymore." <laughs> well, that's one of the reasons. <laughs> one of the reasons why my father is so prideful of the language is because there mm. were the whole war for Bangladesh's independence was literally for freedom of speech. It wasn't yeah. so like when and this is another thing, like when we hear about the American Revolution, like even now, like when I hear about it, like and people are like, we fought for freedom and freedom of speech. And I'm like, fuck you. You fought it over taxes. I, my fucking country fought for freedom of speech. So like, <laughs> um, But in any case, like there's literally an international mother language day that happened about two or three days ago um, okay. that is that's celebrated because uh, they shot several like hundreds of college students during the 1977 Bangladesh Liberation War. Um, but the, for speaking... For speaking Bangla. Uh, for speaking so it was, a, it was punishable by death. Yeah, definitely. Like, that war was horrible. Like, people were... People, That's uh, fucking crazy. Yeah, millions of uh, Bengali people, Bengali-speaking people, uh, were murdered. They were raped. Millions. Like, I think around... It's the second biggest massacre in the, in the world that's documented Jesus. since the Holocaust. So... With that said, now what my the point that I was trying to make was when my parents wanted to the reason why my parents immigrated to the states is because Bangladesh um, at the time was still a new country. Like, like I said, um, it, it just got its independence in 1977. My parents were married in 1981, and I was born in 1986. 
um, they decided to move to the states because at the time people were still f- deciding what rights and what the government was supposed to be. So right. there were protests happening at every university almost every day. Okay. It took people like a decade to get a bachelor's degree because college campuses were shut down all the time. So like, wow. so it's it was like it was like the '60s in the states times fifty. You know what I mean? Like just really. Yeah. Um, really heavy on the politics, really heavy on the revolution. Um, but my parents moved here because they figured that if my education was going to have any chance of prospering, they would have to move to a place where this, oh, this type of shit. Oh, Brandon was looking at a map because we were looking at Bangladesh, and then he went down to, towards Madagascar, and then he looked at the uh, the island of Mauritius outside of Madagascar. Mm-hmm. And I was telling him there's a lot of Hindus in Mauritius. Mm-hmm. It's like a thing. In fact, a lot of people think they reference Hanuman in Black Panther as a um, direct tribute to the Hindus in Mauritius. But anyway, go ahead. That's actually really cool. I caught that, too. There were, like, art thing pieces about that one line. It was really cool. Anyway. Well, that's because that's a thing because it's like, why is he talking about Hanuman, who's uh, a Hindu deity in in Central Africa? As if if there are no Hindus in Africa. As if the, the whole subcontinent of South Asia... Did not branch off of Africa. Well, that's the thing, but so many people, here's the thing, like, you know that a lot of people have no idea that that's even a thing. Mm -hmm. Even though, like, India and Africa have both been aware of each other for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. In fact, at some point, some people came from Africa and decided to live in India. Yeah, exactly. But I, I think and vice that, versa. Um, there are a lot of uh, there are actually a lot of, especially during um, the 1900 colonial period, a lot of Indians migrated yeah. to Africa, like particularly northern. Yeah, Africa. I mean, especially well, yeah, northern Africa, but also in like Madagascar and Mauritius. Oh, there, yeah, definitely. There's a lot. Yeah. Anyway, uh, keep going. Sorry, okay. I just no, you're fine. So it's funny. Yeah, because... no, they're on. Sorry, we're looking. We're looking at the map right now. Bangladesh and Pakistan are so far from each other. I yep. mean, if you look at this like 200 mile thing, yeah, yeah. it looks like they're at least a thousand miles apart. Maybe like 800. They, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're like good, like halfway through. I mean, I don't know if this scale is right, but I think this. Yeah, I think Google Maps scale is how big is Africa? If Africa is massive compared to everything else, then it's the right scale. Yeah, they're very far apart. They're they're definitely far apart. Yeah, it may not be the right scale, but this looks like as if uh, in New York, we're in New York now, and you're in Missouri. Yeah, yeah. it's about the same. That would be like, yeah, that would be like if New York yeah. and Missouri decided that they wanted to be one country, but everything in between was still the United States. Yeah. Yeah, yeah pretty yeah. much. Pretty much. Color Correspondence was produced by Jonah Q with music also by Jonah Q. This is a Full Metal Workshop podcast. If you like it, please subscribe. For more info on Full Metal, you can visit fullmetalworkshop.com. Find us on Facebook or on Instagram at Full Metal Workshop.